0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it, without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Virginia. Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. Its available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Hey folks, it's Maria.
1: I've got to share this game changer, Acalo's D3 patch. Forget pills, this patch delivers vitamin D3 10 times longer. Boost your immune system, sleep better, regulate mood, and support bone and heart health. Wear a patch before bed and leave it on for 24 hours. It's that simple. Living in the Pacific Northwest without much sunlight, these patches are great for me. Or if you find yourself dealing with the winter blues. They're discreet and perfect for my sensitive skin. Oh, and they even have a patch for hangovers and jet lag if that's something that affects you. Try them today with a money-back guarantee at akalo.co. Take charge of your health. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O.
3: Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Let me have a man for one night, and I'll have him confessing he's the king of England, Lavrenti Beria once bragged to his colleague Nikita Khrushchev. By all accounts, Beria was a bad person. I mean, he was a bad person person, capitalized. He was immoral. He was unethical. And he was almost the ruler of the Soviet Union after the Second World War, until he was arrested for treason against the country he had literally done anything for. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarki.
3: And I'm Holly Fry. Heads up, before we get started, this episode includes some accounts of sexual assault, It also includes a lot of other atrocities and cruelty. If you have ever read the book, The Manchurian Candidate, you came across Beria's name. He is mentioned in Richard Condon's 1959 novel, when the brainwashed character of Raymond Shaw is described as, quote, the perfectly prefabricated assassin, as, quote, this dream by Lavrenti Beria. Honestly, as frightening as the premise of that book and the subsequent film is, it is downright gentle in comparison to the real-world activities of Beria. He was born on March 29, 1899, in the region of Georgia, which was then part of the Russian Empire. The country of Georgia was annexed to Russia in 1801, and it remained part of the empire until 1918, just about when Beria was becoming an adult. The Kutaisi governorate roughly corresponds to present-day emeriti in Republic of Georgia. So that's all just to kind of get your bearings. Beria was the son of a landowner named Pavel Kukevich Beria, and many accounts of his life describe his mother as a very religious woman who gave her son a strict religious upbringing in the Georgian Orthodox tradition. He identified as Mingrelian. That's an indigenous, Cardvelian-speaking ethnic subgroup of Georgians.
1: Beria studied engineering and in 1919 graduated from the Baku Polytechnicum, which was replaced by the Baku Polytechnic Institute very soon after, in 1920. And if you're curious about it today, it's now known as Azerbaijan Technical University, which is in the Independent Republic of Azerbaijan. While at Baku, during the Russian Revolution in 1917, Beria joined the Bolshevik faction of the Russian Social Democratic Labor Party, which, a year later, continued under the shorter name of the Russian Communist Party. During his lifetime, it would also become known as the Communist Party of the Soviet Union and grow to be the majority political party in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, or USSR. Beria was active in counterintelligence and revolutionary activity from his very early involvement.
3: Beria may be most remembered as the executor of Joseph Stalin's terror, including the Great Purge of the 1930s. He did that, yes, but he did a lot more than that. He was in charge of the Soviet secret police. During the end of the Great Purge, he led executions, referred to as liquidation, of the officials who had carried it out. Those were his peers and his colleagues the vast network of labor camps known to historians as the Gulag Archipelago were under his command. He was also the administrative political director of the Soviet Atomic Energy Project. This man had his hands in everything.
1: American historian and biographer of the Soviet Union and Russia, Amy Knight, has described Beria as a hugely ambitious, sadistic, and arrogant administrator. Physically, he was bald and bespectacled, and he has been described as paunchy. He was intelligent and intriguing and cynical and was a skilled leader who could get people to follow him. He was known to be violent, brutal, and to use ruthless measures, including kidnapping, torture, rape, all the way up to murder. According to an account in the Washington Post from 1988, Barry's sadism has been described as going beyond the purges and gulags to include such crimes as assaulting women, some of whom he may or may not have kidnapped from the streets around the city. There was one story I remember reading when we were doing our research where he would just drive around the streets in his car and choose a woman. Beria, it's said secondhand, told one victim, quote, Scream or not, it doesn't matter. You are in my power now. He raped women and then quite literally, threw them back out to the street, usually after shooting them dead. British historian Simon Seabag Montefiore has written of Beria, quote, He was witty, a font of irreverent jokes, mischievous anecdotes, and withering put-downs. He managed to be a sadistic torturer as well as a loving husband and warm father. But he was a preapic womanizer whom power would distort into a sexual predator.
3: Beria was brutal, and he was also ambitious. Quote, Show me the man, and I'll show you the crime, was his infamous boast. He was known to find his target first, and then fabricate a guilty story to fit the conviction he desired. He sabotaged the interests and positions of his peers, and his methods led him to become head of the All-Russian Extraordinary Commission for Combating Counter-Revolution, Speculation, and Sabotage or Cheka, which was an early Soviet secret police agency and the forerunner of the KGB. While he was still in the early days of his career, in his early 20s, he personally oversaw regional political purges in the Soviet Transcaucasian, or South Caucasus, republics. Those were the nominally independent Soviet republics of Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Georgia. In 1926, Sergo Kidza, the head of the Soviet Communist Party in that region, introduced him to fellow Georgian Joseph Stalin. And then his career really took off.
1: Stalin was the dictator of the USSR. He was a Bolshevik revolutionary, and he was the leader of world communism at that time in history. Stalin and Beria became fast and close friends, and impressed with Beria, Stalin promoted him to a position that moved the up-and-comer from the Soviet Transcaucasian Republics to Moscow. Beria was appointed to Deputy to the Chief of the Soviet Secret Police of the People's Commissariat of Internal Affairs, better known as the NKVD. Not long after his move, Beria orchestrated and carried out the execution of NKVD Chief Nikolai Yezov, and then he assumed his predecessor's position, a position he held from 1938 until 1953. So was Yezov's murder done under Stalin's order? Maybe. But with Beria's reputation, maybe not.
3: Under order of Stalin and under Yezhov's command while he was still alive, Beria led the Great Terror. That was a series of campaigns intended to eliminate dissenting members of the Communist Party. Along with his political and military rivals, Stalin also cast his net to include artists, physicians, scientists, and really anyone that he considered a threat. He had essentially launched a campaign of political terror against the very people who put him in power, members of the Communist Party. So you might be wondering why the turn. Boiled down, historians believe the pretext for his murder campaign was the assassination of his colleague and potential political rival, Sergei Kirov. A year or two after Stalin's death, Nikita Khrushchev more than hinted but didn't make it a statement of fact that Stalin himself was the one who had arranged Kirov's murder as a way to garner support for his purges.
1: Stalin wanted to purge former high-ranking communists from power, and that meant those in central party leadership, old Bolsheviks, government officials, and regional party bosses. But you might be wondering, these people were also communists, so what's up? Stalin was intent on shaping his party under his rule and in his way. And as they had been part of the former leadership, they all had to go. The estimates of how many were murdered vary, but most experts land on these numbers. Roughly 750,000 people were executed, and more than 1 million additional people were sent to forced labor camps known as gulags. Beria greatly expanded the gulag system while he was in charge of these camps, and used to tell his prisoners that he would, quote, let you rot in the camps, we'll turn you into camp dust. Said former prisoner Anton Antonov Avzenenko, quote, the gulags existed before Beria, but he was the one who built them on a mass scale. He industrialized the gulag system. Human life had no value for him.
3: Three widely publicized show trials, as well as a series of closed-door, unpublicized trials, were held during the purges, in which many people of political prominence were found guilty of treason and either executed or imprisoned. Confessions in these cases had all been made under intensive torture and intimidation. Many of the accused had actually been innocent of any crime and the charges against them had been fabricated by Beria's NKVD. The trials were a way to eliminate, quote, suspicious party members. And during that time, numerous massacres, deportations, and other atrocities took place under Beria's orders. He once said, quote, anyone who attempts to raise a hand against the will of our people, against the will of the party of Lenin and Stalin, will be mercilessly crushed and destroyed. With Russian scientist Grigory Marinovsky, Beria had access to, or perhaps co-led, a secret poison laboratory in the heart of Moscow between the years 1939 to 1951, where he had access to all kinds of poisons, including ricin and other highly poisonous chemicals and nerve agents, and he tested those on political prisoners. Stalin called him, quote, R. Heinrich Immler, so just in case... You don't know who that is. Heinrich Himmler was a leading member of the Nazi Party of Germany, second to Hitler himself, and he was the main
1: architect of the Holocaust. So let's take a break for a word from our sponsor now. And when we're back, we'll talk about more horrors at the hands of Beria, including his work during the Second World War.
3: When it comes to makeup looks, I really like full glam, but I also often just need an easy day look. And Thrive Cosmetics has been my go-to. I also travel a lot. I'm really guilty of lugging around way too much makeup in my suitcase, and I'm trying to curb that habit. And Thrive's brilliant eye brightener is the key to the whole thing. So instead of packing a bunch of palettes that I may or may not use, I can just throw a few of these slim sticks in my bag and I get all the shimmer and shadow I'm looking for. I streamline my packing. I can blend them together. They blend like butter and you can layer different colors to get something truly unique. And then you just have your look all pulled together. Your eyes are brighter. You look well rested and you look really pretty glam for a very easy look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free. It's easy to see why they get so many five-star reviews, and even better, they give back to communities. For every product that you purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. So you look great, and you can feel great about how you got there. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 20% off your first order.
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com.
2: Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023.
0: You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a mid-size SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life, live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at Toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.
3: Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen up, hangovers cost the U.S. 300 billion dollars in productivity every year. But I've got the secret, Acalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers, beats jet lag and boosts metabolism, too. Go to akalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Akalo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's aka-l-o.co. That's akalo.co. Welcome back to Criminalia. In 1945, just before the end of the Second World War, Stalin put Beria in charge of even more very important things.
1: The Soviet Union entered World War II in June of 1941 with Operation Barbarossa, and it was dubbed the Great Patriotic War by Russians. And Stalin gave Beria broad powers to monitor alleged desertion in the Red Army. That power allowed him unconditional authority. He could execute men as high-ranking as generals if he considered them not to be trusted. The perfect man for Stalin's orders, Beria had already, in 1939, during the Finnish-Russian Winter War, thought up the following motto, quote, The Soviet soldier never retreats. And with that, he oversaw thousands of executions within the army. And he was proud of that work. And we'll talk about that more after his arrest.
3: During World War II, as a member of the State Defense Committee, Beria controlled the Soviet Union's internal security system— and he also oversaw raw materials production through the gulags. He used the millions of people imprisoned in the gulag system as free labor to carry out major domestic responsibilities in the war effort. He took control of production of armaments, aircraft, and aircraft engines, and he turned his labor camps into wartime production machines. Beria was appointed as a marshal of the Soviet Union, That was the highest military rank of the country.
1: On August 7th, 1945, Stalin appointed Beria to head the Soviet atomic bomb project. And this was just one day after the United States detonated their codenamed Little Boy uranium bomb over Hiroshima. Neither Stalin nor Beria were known to trust people. This is not a surprise to anyone, I think, listening to this. And this is in general, not just on this project. And they both distrusted the scientists working on their country's first nuclear device. Beria was notorious for his effective management abilities. He demanded an environment of total secrecy and created an unrelenting sense of terror for those working on this project. He had ordered constant surveillance on everyone involved. And the two men, Stalin and Beria, were especially suspicious of Igor Kurchatov, the nuclear physicist who was scientific director of this project.
3: Beria, as both the political director of the project and chief of the secret police, created a special department within the NKVD, known as Department S. Department S existed to consolidate ongoing atomic research and development efforts. That dual role gave him access to intelligence collected from Russian spies, specifically intelligence on the Manhattan Project, the team that researched, developed, and produced the first nuclear weapons for the United States. There is a lot to talk about in regard to Beria, Spies, and the Atomic Bomb Project, but we're not going deep into that for this episode. However, there is one salacious story from the memoirs of a man under Beria's leadership who claimed that the Soviets had turned American physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer considered the father of the atomic bomb, and had received a great amount of information from him to build their own atomic bomb. True or not, it is the kind of story that could be true when it comes to Beria's leadership and his ability to get information out of people. On August 29, 1949, Soviet scientists tested their first plutonium implosion bomb, codenamed First Lightning. Yuli Karatan, prominent Russian physicist and a leading scientist in the Soviet Union's nuclear weapons program, wrote of Beria, quote, This man personified evil in the country's modern history, and possessed at the same time tremendous vigor and efficiency. It was impossible not to admit his intellect, willpower, and purposefulness. He was a first-class manager, able to bring every job to its conclusion.
1: After the successful detonation of the Soviet's first nuclear device, though, Beria's severe and iron-fisted methods began to become unpopular, and he was becoming a person of suspicion within the Kremlin.
3: And with that suspense, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we're back, we will talk about how Stalin's death sparked some huge changes in Beria's life.
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a mid-size SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and a leg room that makes even long trips... Comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both play dates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key and available panoramic view mirror and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash highlander
3: Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen up. Hangovers cost the U.S. $300 billion in productivity every year. But I've got the secret. Acalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick, and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers. Beats jet lag and boosts metabolism, too. Go to akalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Akalo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's A-K-A-L-O dot That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O.
1: Let's talk about Stalin's death and how it turned various world upside down.
3: On March 5th, 1953, having been in power and pursuing a reign of terror since 1924, Stalin died at his home after suffering from what was likely a major stroke. There are some reports that suggest that it was a massive heart attack, and there are also some that suggest that perhaps he had actually been poisoned and perhaps he had been poisoned by Beria.
1: Beria, along with three other Soviet politicians and close associates of Stalin, Georgi Malenkov, Vyacheslav Molotov, and Nikita Khrushchev, became the deputy prime ministers after Stalin's death. Beria also became head of the Ministry of Internal Affairs, an organization which at the time combined both the secret political and regular police functions. When Molotov met him, he described him as a quote most clever man who was inhumanely energetic and could work a week without sleep. But Stalin's death led to a power struggle among these men, during which Beria attempted to use his position as chief of secret police to seize power and become sole dictator of the USSR. Or, at least, that's what his fellow deputy prime ministers feared was his plan. It turned out they weren't wrong.
3: While accounts of what exactly happened after Stalin's death vary considerably, specifically what happened to Beria and in the greater picture of the USSR's leadership, most historians believe that Beria's downfall was actually engineered by his longtime colleague, Nikita Khrushchev, who was one of the deputy prime ministers as well as secretary to the party's central committee. The central committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union was the executive leadership team of the USSR. Decades later, Khrushchev basically came right out and admitted to torpedoing Beria.
1: Khrushchev later recalled of his former colleague, quote, Beria and I started to see each other frequently at Stalin's. At first, I liked him. We had friendly chats and even joked together quite a bit, but gradually his political complexion came clearly into focus. I was shocked by his sinister, two-faced, scheming hypocrisy. Soon after his transfer to Moscow, the atmosphere in the collective leadership and in Stalin's inner circle took on an entirely different character from what it had been before. It changed very much for the worse.
3: Beria's downfall officially began when Khrushchev submitted a motion of no confidence in Beria to the Central Committee. Led by Malenkov, Molotov, and Khrushchev, this motion was passed and Beria's hopes to settle into dictatorship were defeated by what was an anti beria coalition. A ruse was organized for his arrest. On June 26, 1953, 16 weeks and one day after Stalin's death, he was summoned urgently to a meeting at the Kremlin by his colleagues. But this wasn't a real meeting. Khrushchev launched an attack on Beria, accusing him of being a cynical careerist who was, quote, long in the pay of British intelligence and no true communist believer. Beria, reportedly caught off guard, asked what this fury unleashed against him was all about. Khrushchev assured him that he would soon find out and immediately started a motion for Beria's instant dismissal. But before that vote could happen, the committee signaled, and it's reported that this signal was a bit premature, Marshal Zhukov and a group of armed officers from a nearby room. Beria was arrested and taken to a specially guarded cell within the Kremlin. He was later sneaked out and taken to the Lefortovo prison. Subsequently, he was moved to the headquarters of General Moskalenko, commander of Moscow District Air Defense, where he was imprisoned in an underground bunker. He was stripped of his government and party posts, and he was publicly accused of being, quote, an imperialist agent, and of conducting, quote, criminal, anti-party, and anti-state activities.
1: Roman Rudenko, an experienced prosecutor well-known to Khrushchev, was appointed to make certain that Stalin's former right-hand man was expeditiously tried, condemned, and executed with the maximum appearance of legality. An interesting turn of phrase there. By charging a man like Barry with treason against the USSR, the new regime was basically asking Russians to believe that for the past 20 plus years, their security, and more recently their atomic energy program, was controlled by a, quote, morally depraved man and his gang of, quote, criminals who were really bourgeois capitalists in red revolutionary clothing.
3: Five months after his arrest, the Kremlin announced that Beria had confessed to the quote, most serious crimes against the state. He had not. Added state-controlled Radio Moscow, he would face trial quote, at a special sitting of the Soviet Supreme Court. That part was true. According to the Kremlin, in Tiflis, the capital of Beria's home state, quote, the entire Georgian people condemned him as a traitor for Sowing poisonous seeds of distrust of our great-brother Russian people. That might have been true. Uh, Just as well might have been propaganda. The Kremlin published a list of Beria's alleged accomplices. It was kind of a who's who of the Communist Party's secret police. Named with him were six ministers and generals in the Ministry of Internal Affairs, and they stood trial on charges of high treason. They were all of cabinet rank, and they included the following men. Bogdan Kobolov, Deputy Minister of Internal Affairs of Georgia. Pavel Meshik, an NKVD Department Head and Minister of the Interior in Ukraine. Lev Baladzmirsky, the Major General in Charge of the Ministry of Internal Affairs and their, quote, vitally important matters section. Vladimir Dekanazov, Minister of the Interior in Georgia and Soviet Ambassador to Berlin during the period of the Nazi Soviet Alliance. Sergei Goklidze, Ministry of Internal Affairs Head of the Siberian Regions. And Zevolod Merkalov, the Ministry of Internal Affairs Number One Spy Catcher.
1: According to the official indictment against him, Beria began, quote, betraying the Soviet Union more than 30 years before his arrest. In fact, it went back to his alleged activities in 1919 in Baku, where the report claimed he had, quote, carried out secret agency duty under the control of British intelligence. It claimed he, quote, planted spies throughout the Soviet bureaucracy, and that he had used, quote, slander, intrigues, and various provocations against honest government workers who were an obstacle to him. He was accused of assassinating Sirgo or Kidze. We mentioned him earlier as the man who introduced Beria to Stalin. There are accounts, though, that Stalin also didn't trust Sirgo and wanted him killed. So... The plan of Beria or the plan of Stalin, we can't be sure. Sirko reportedly, quote, felt a distrust toward him and had accused Beria of, quote, wreaking vengeance on his family. The indictment included additional murder charges and read, quote, that the plotter, Beria, carried out terrorist murders of persons from whom they feared exposure. In this way, Beria put to death M.S. Kedroff, a member of the Communist Party, since 1902.
3: At his trial, the prosecution accused Beria of, quote, spying for imperialist reactionaries, resuscitating remnants of bourgeois nationalism, and of, quote, sabotaging the Soviet farm program. That might seem like a random addition to the list, but it happened to be under the control of Khrushchev, the man who had had Beria arrested. There were three very specific things about how Beria's treason trial had to play out according to those overseeing it. One, the case had to be heard without the participation of the party, so Beria was not going to be present at his own trial. Two, sentences to the highest degree of punishment were to be carried out immediately, so if he was sentenced to death, he was going to be executed that same day. And three, An appeal against the sentence and petitions for pardon were absolutely not to be admitted.
1: Beria wrote letters while he was imprisoned and awaiting trial. He wrote to his former fellow deputy prime ministers. To Khrushchev, he wrote, quote, I always saw you as an excellent Bolshevik and comrade, as I said before, and I told Comrade Stalin when I could. He wrote to colleagues. He panicked. Quote, they want to shoot me without a trial, he wrote on the sixth day of his imprisonment. And he was right. They did want to shoot him without a trial. He wrote, quote, I beg you to intervene at once or it will be too late. Just telephone them. He cited the murder of thousands of people who fled the country during World War II as one of his heroic and patriotic deeds, saying, quote, I have always given all I could to my work. I did the job of stopping retreating troops, and he referenced the, quote, tens of thousands of fleeing soldiers shot under his order. I only lived to make our country powerful and great, he said. What he's referencing here has been since described as one of the most chilling episodes of his career, and we mentioned it briefly earlier. Under a crushing Nazi attack in 1941 during the Second World War, Beria ordered his NKVD agents to shoot all Red Army soldiers who retreated. And that was a shoot-to-kill order no matter what rank. More than 30,000 Red Army officers were executed. And to put that number into context, that's three out of five marshals and 14 out of 16 Red Army commanders.
3: But his letters did not help his situation. In December, six months after his arrest at the Kremlin on charges of being a, quote, imperialist agent, Beria's trial went ahead as planned. Eyewitness accounts, which were published in a weekend supplement of the daily newspaper Izvestia, provided details of the treason trial of the, quote, Kremlin monster. Beria refused to plead guilty. He went on an 11-day hunger strike before he was tried. General Moskalenko was quoted as saying, we had to bend our efforts to make sure the villains survived to face trial.
1: Barry was convicted of treason against the USSR on December 23, 1953, and was immediately executed by shooting on the orders of Khrushchev. He may have refused to admit any guilt, but in front of his executioner, he begged for his life. Recounting the scene of his death, Olga Batitsky, wife of Beria's executioner, Marshal Pavel Batitsky, said that her husband, quote, recalled how Beria went down on his hands and knees, begging to be spared. Olga continued that, this insulted my husband, and my husband said, in all that you have done, so loathsome, mean, and nasty, can you not find enough courage in yourself to accept your punishment in silence? The trials
3: for the six men who had controlled the secret police of the Soviet Union for decades with Beria took place between December 18th and December 23rd, 1953. All of those men were shot immediately after sentencing.
1: So, wow, on this episode, it's like meeting the devil. It's a very dark one. It is one of our darker ones. Um, Would you like to have a drink with me?
3: I do. And I cannot help but historying up this particular (laughs) perfidy poor. One of the things that I couldn't help but think about a lot as I was reading this was Russia's relationship with alcohol, Mm -hmm. which is very fraught in many ways. Mm -hmm. So, in the late 19th century, Russia had such a crisis of alcoholism that it really kneecapped the labor pool and like the country was suffering because people couldn't work. And that actually led to this reactionary start of temperance activism. Tsar Alexander III had ignored things for a long time until they just got way too bad. He was himself a big drinker. But he then limited the production of vodka and he put quality regulations in place for vodka production And he started programs to promote the idea, not of abstinence, but of drinking just in moderation. Because at that point, it's culturally so much part of the country that, like, you couldn't just say, no, we're not doing that anymore. And the state, as part of this, also started these programs to, like, keep people busy and entertained that we're not drinking. So you could go to the theater for free or you could go to Mm -hmm. a music concert for free. All of these things, they started offering, like, free adult education classes and, like, leisure incentives, basically none of this worked at all, by the way. There were still illicit liquor sales, and the sales that those included were, of course, non-regulated vodka that was being made by not carefully monitored stills. Russian alcoholism cost the country so dearly that by the time the Russo-Japanese War happened in 1904 into 1905, Soldiers had so many drinking problems that they actually lost battles, and it made Russia very weak when it came time to negotiate the treaties that ended that conflict. When the Bolsheviks seized control of the government in 1917, alcohol was outright outlawed. Five years later, when the Soviet Union was established, they could have mild alcoholic drinks, but they were way lower proof than what we would normally associate with vodka today. But then in 1925, vodka was again legalized at normal proof, which is around 40 ABV. When Stalin gained power in the 1930s, he made a very interesting move, which is that he had state-run distilleries ramp up production because they needed the revenue. Mm -hmm. Even though he knew this country had not solved its alcoholism problem and that he was damning some people to misery and death, he was like, but we need the money really bad. I'm telling you all of this because it serves as an interesting backdrop, right? This was all going on in Beria's formative years, and then when he was in power in his early career. So when you think about things like him shooting soldiers on sight if they tried to retreat, it's born of that embarrassing episode where, like, soldiers had not been able to manage themselves in a way that put Russia in a very weak position. That's not to justify it. I'm just explaining, right. like, the mindset where they're like, okay, we have zero tolerance now. If you want to run, you're going to die. It's, it explains that anti-desertion, anti-retreat hard line that they took. Here is where I try to turn this around and make it a little bit more fun. Surprise! The U.S. is the world's second greatest consumer of vodka after Russia. And we're a tight second Uh, (laughs) because we have a whole culture around it that is, like, fun. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's not only me, but I'm a contributor. I know this. (laughs) And I wanted to come up with a drink that recognizes all of these things but also sweetens it a little bit in a way that reclaims some of the places that are associated with Beria in a better way. The obvious drink here is a Moscow mule, although it has its own history because it was not invented in Moscow. No, no. no. It was invented in California (laughs) (laughs) at a bar called the Cock and Bull because there was a man who had bought the Smirnoff distribution rights in the United States. Regretted that because nobody (laughs) wanted to drink vodka. This was like in the 30s when, like, Russia was considered oh, yeah, not something we wanted to be associated with. There was also similarly the owner of the cock and bowl restaurant had started manufacturing ginger beer, which people also didn't want. (laughs) So these two men put their heads together. Again in California we're like what if we combine these things people don't like and we market it in a new way and, and they'll love thus, it and we have the US has embraced the Moscow Mule. So I wanted to do the Moscow Mule in a, a different way since it isn't actually an obvious choice because it is not from yeah. <laughs> But then I also wanted to look at the country of Georgia and yeah. what they are known for and Georgia's greatest crop is grapes. So I'm not the first person to do this, but we're going to make a grape mule. And basically what you're going to start with is mm, between three and six grapes. I like to cut them in half because I find them easier to muddle that way. Listen, there may or may not have been a little accident where I had to press hard enough to break that meniscus of grape skin and Things went flying in my kitchen. I'm not saying that happened, but I could see where it
1: would. For your leadership, (laughs) that might happen.
3: (laughs) So I like things pretty grapey. So I did five grapes, but anywhere in the three to five. And you're going to muddle those. You can be pretty aggressive with it. It's fine. You're not going to strain them because you're actually going to retain that grape pulp. And then it's just easy. You're building a regular Moscow mule. So that's an ounce and a half of vodka. There are grape vodkas that you can use here, and I have seen mules made with grape vodkas before, but if you just want to go with a clean, simple vodka, that's just as good. And then you're going to do about three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. This is, this is one of those times where a fresh squeezed lime is really going to do you right. I will never bust anybody's chops about using the bottled, squeezed lime juice. I do it all the time, but this is, in a mule, there's a vast difference to my palate. Get a fresh lime. And then you're just going to top it off with ginger beer. And then as you're drinking, you'll mix it around with your straw or whatever. Whether or not you use a copper cup, that's on you. They're nice, but if you don't have one, you don't have to buy one just for it. It does keep it colder longer, which makes the flavor just feel smoother. So that's our little mule. I am calling this (laughs) sweeter than treason. (laughs) Which is also just because it's hard to pull something out of this story that isn't referencing something horrifying because... Terrible at every turn.
1: entire story is horrible. So it's nice to end on a drink that's not coming from that.
3: We want to make a nod to the country of Georgia's incredible grape production and have a yummy, yummy drink. The mocktail for this is delicious. In lieu of vodka, I used grape juice. I went with low sugar. Otherwise, to me, it gets very sweet. But that's a preference thing. Do it however you like. Keep those muddled grapes in there. Pour in that ginger beer if you are one of those people. I know a few where ginger beer is just too bitey for you. Uh,
1: yeah, I have friends like that. Yeah.
3: And some of it depends on what ginger beer you get because different brands have very different levels mm-hmm. of ginger content. You can always use a ginger ale here. That's fine. That's whatever. Listen, it should be delicious for you. Always.
1: Got ginger ale in the fridge?
3: Use it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, don't go out and buy more stuff if you don't have to. You can do that next time you're at the store. Grab some, but don't worry about it. And that is sweeter than treason and hopefully takes the edge off of this truly horrifying story because it's important to talk about these monsters in history, but not always fun.
1: And they're going to come up when we talk about these topics. We cannot avoid them.
3: We hope as you sip this, it helps remedy the many yucky things we have caused you to hear today, and that it makes you want to come back and hang out with us again next week. We'll be right here. There will be more treason, and there will be more drinks. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app,
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria. Secret store and online at VictoriaSecret.com.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
3: everybody, it's Holly. Listen up. Hangovers cost the U.S. $300 billion in productivity every year, but I've got the secret. Acalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick, and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers. Beats jet lag and boosts metabolism, too. Go to Acalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Akalo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O.
2: CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better
3: sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.